ones, this is Baraka Blue. I wanted to introduce this podcast where I sit down with Sheikh Abdullah bin Hamid Ali. Uh, Sheikh Abdullah Ali is an American Muslim scholar and professor at Zaytuna College, which is America's first Muslim college here in the Bay Area, Berkeley, California. He was born and raised in the United States to parents that converted to Islam. He studied the traditional sciences, the traditional Islamic sciences in Morocco, and is a PhD candidate at the Graduate Theological Union, where his research focuses on race and religion and society. I sat down with him today to discuss kind of what's been on my mind, what's been on everybody's mind after the attacks in Paris and Beirut. And me personally, just to share an anecdote, I've been affected by it on a personal level because one, I've toured in Beirut and Paris. And in both those places, I had a great time and I met many people, made many friends. And, you know, I know those cities well. So it's not abstract for me, either one. The first thing I did when I heard about Beirut was I messaged the people that I know personally there. The next day, Paris, same thing. But I was just fascinated by the way that both those stories were covered differently in Western media, and it caused me to reflect a lot how different lives are given different value as far as attention and mourning and things like that. And it caused me to reflect on the fact that we don't mourn all lives equally. And then in relation to that, you have all this outcry against ISIS and Muslims and a few mosques being burned and a few Muslim women being attacked or spit on or yelled at uh, all over Western cities in America and various uh, threats. You know, the police shot a man who made threats against Muslims. There's another man who made threats to a mosque answering machine and they had to arrest that man. There was a woman who posted something about killing Muslims and multiple people social media uh, make threats and just the general atmosphere of insanity and trying to make sense of it all so I wrote a post about this which tended to be or turned out to be quite long and it it basically went viral and at this point it has like tens of thousands of views thousands of shares a really robust conversation and in the aftermath of it day and a half later, I woke up and Facebook had said that my account is going to be disactivated if I can't prove that Baraka Blue is not my government name with official documentation. Now, of course, Baraka Blue isn't my government name. It's my, my pen name, stage name. So I'm not able to do that. So there's a few options and I'm looking into those, but I found it real interesting that this happened after I made this post because I've had that Facebook profile for years and never once have 
Facebook or anyone else said anything to me about that. And I know millions and millions of people uh, don't use their government name on Facebook. So we spoke with somebody at Facebook who works in data and they said what probably happened most likely is because that message went so viral and was on so many people's radar that there were some individuals who didn't want the message that I was putting out there to be broadcast, whether it's Islamophobes or others. And so they reported or somehow brought it to the attention of Facebook, you know, because people that want to shut down the discourse tend to be very crafty in how they do it. So they were able to, on a technicality, silence my voice. Just to summarize, you can check out that post on my Facebook, and it's now been published by Uma Wide. The essence of it was that there's been selective mourning, and it's not just France and Beirut. It's been really 500 years of selective mourning, and we don't value all lives as equal as a society. As individuals, you know, Western white Americans, if a old woman, you know, tripped on the sidewalk, I think most people would run to help her, whether she be black or brown or white. But there's a certain disconnect where we see some people as us and some people as them. And that was really the thrust of what I was saying is that the Europeans are us, the Israelis are us, the Australians are us, but the Pakistanis and the Palestinians and the Iraqis and the Afghanis and the Kenyans and the Senegalese and the Nigerians... That's not us. Because we don't have an understanding that we're all us in the global village, things like ISIS can can thrive. Because ISIS only thrives in a place where there's them and there's us. They only sprout up in places where we value the resources of a place more than the people of that place. Where people are not treated as part of the human family, as part of the global village. And so... This podcast with a Muslim scholar to talk about his perspectives on this. An American Muslim sheikh who uh, is very prominent and is part of one of the most prominent uh, American Muslim institutions, Zaytuna College. And just see, you know, his reflections because all you hear on the news is where are the moderate Muslims? You know, where are the sane Muslim voices? And the reality is that if if we are waiting for them to put the sane voices on Fox News or even CNN or the, the corporate media, then we are already lost, you know. So this is my hope that, you know, this can be directly to the people because we can connect with each other directly now through social media uh, until Facebook tries to shut that down. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Zuckerberg. This podcast is dedicated to the victims of the senseless violence in Paris and in Beirut and in Kenya and in Iraq. The over one million people that have been killed by the invasion of Iraq under George W. Bush uh, from my country, the United States of America. And really all the senseless violence um, that's been done in the name of us versus them. So I just want to say peace to everyone who realizes we're all us and we're all the human family. So with that, 
I give you this conversation with Sheikh Abdullah Ali. Peace. When you, as not only a Muslim, but as, you know, an imam and a teacher and an educator within the Muslim community, when you hear on the news or see on social media that something like the Paris attacks happens, mm-hmm. before they say who it is, what's your gut feeling? Well, for me, I mean, my gut feeling is that um, I, I almost know what they're going to say, uh, uh, who, who supposedly did it. And I'm always waiting for that. And usually it comes back very quickly that it supposedly was some Muslims who, who did it and they took responsibility for it. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, uh, you see on social media, you know, if you follow, like, in, if you're in the Muslim community on mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. that before it's kind of announced, a bunch of Muslims are already posting, like, please don't be a Muslim. <laughs> and you see Muslims, like, listening to the news, like, waiting, please don't be a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wrote this this recent post that went viral is because I, I was reflecting on the fact that, like, if ever a, you know, black person is shot by a police officer or, you know, you hear about some atrocity anywhere on earth, in America, internationally, mm-hmm. I've never thought as a white man, please don't be a white man. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, you know, never once. Yeah, and no white person has. Right. I, I'm like, you know, not because I don't mm-hmm. want it to be a white, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But because I know there's not going to be any repercussions. Right. I'm not going to be grouped in. Mm-hmm. No one's right. going to say, if I walk outside, <laughs> you, you're a white man with, with blue eyes and blonde hair, right. just like this person who did that, you know? Right, right. And in many ways, I feel like that's the definition of enfranchisement. Right. When what, when what, some individual who has the same characteristics or quote-unquote mm-hmm. identity as you, mm-hmm. uh, whatever they do, it's not associated with you. Right, right. Whereas disenfranchisement is mm-hmm. anyone who looks like you, has the same identity as you, could be mm-hmm. associated with you in any, mm-hmm. the furthest stretch, mm-hmm. that that is somehow lumped in with you. Right, right. And that, this is an extremely profound point you know, that you make and... Uh, and um, I mean, of course, you know, it's something that I, I know uh, in terms of um, my own sort of like experience, experience of my people being an African-American in, Amer- in, in this country. And, but, but another thing that's interesting about uh, the phenomenon of always asking the question or sort of um, saying things like, well, I hope it's not a Muslim, is that I, I interestingly, I actually don't have that reaction when, when it occurs. Now, of course, I would like for it not to be a Muslim, but it's not like I feel a certain type of anxiety about it because I guess even though African-Americans still struggle with an enfranchisement in the United States, you know, I think that I could say that largely we are more and more enfranchised in the more recent Muslim immigrant population. And I think that it's, it's kind of like... Um, like African Americans know that their way of being an American is an authentic way of being an American, right. you see, and it's authentic not only to themselves but even to the mainstream, you see. You right. know that it's okay. The whites generally are fine with us being not trying to imitate white people and not trying to actually right. sort of integrate into sort of white spaces, quote unquote. You see, right? Yeah. You're American. Yeah. They yeah. Under, they yeah. recognize you when they see mm-hmm. you as 
they may have a bunch of stereotypes, mm-hmm. but you're still in America. Right. They're not going to question that. Whereas right. with the right. immigrants, yeah. you know, kids go back home. And, right, right. And, 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 and for that reason, I can, I can largely understand these reactions that they have. You know? So I know like, often what happens is when you know, the condemnations come out, you know, usually from largely immigrant-run um, operations or organizations. And the reaction of many Americans... Converts, you know, in particular, you know, white, black, you know, often, you know, might even be black, you know, who react, you know, and they say, well, you know, what are you apologizing for? You don't have to apologize. And we tell them that. And, and I, that's the way we feel about it. Mm-hmm. But and, and I didn't really realize this right away, but but it took it, it took a little bit of time before I come to the understanding that their reaction is completely reasonable because. Because they they understand and know that when the word Muslim is utilized, that it's a racialized term, and and Muslim in the psyche of the mainstream white you know popu- you know member of the population, you know they they it's not just a generic term, an abstract term. You know when you think Muslim, they, they actually get an image of a certain type of individual, sure. and they think real Muslim, right? You understand, and and largely the immigrant population, I think that they perceive that, they understand that. And so, so, so when Islam and Muslims are being demonized in the media, that is in, in also them being demonized themselves as ethnic sort of minorities in Western countries. So their reaction has to be in such a way where, uh, I guess you would say, it is, it is one that is, um, it may be motivated, it's largely motivated by self you know, preservation, you know, self-respect, you know, so please don't be a Muslim, you know, because if that's the case, they're going to attack us, people are going to attack us, and we know, and it's like they understand, even though they may not want to talk about it often, about America's history and its racial history, among other things, and so for me, I find it to be very reasonable, so if I were, if we were under attack in the way that they were under attack, perhaps we might have the same type of reaction, and I think that that's one thing is important for um, people who don't suffer from that particular um, level of anxiety have to keep in mind when they they, they see these type of reactions from Muslim organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. talked to a friend of mine uh, earlier mm-hmm. today, and he, we we were just talking about something else. Mm-hmm. But he mentioned in passing, I went out to the store this morning and bought my wife and daughter uh, pepper spray. Mm-hmm. I said, keep this with you at all times. <laughs> and again, it's like. I think that's one of these important things to to draw home because like you know my, like when George W Bush uh led our country into a war in Iraq off mm-hmm. completely lies like what was mm-hmm. clearly lies then but is mm-hmm. undisputably lies now right, right. and a new a new uh conservative estimate came out recently that 1.2 million people have died. There's no part of me that I have to like worry about my mother or my sister as white women being associated with the actions of this white man who's the leader of our country, which is supposedly a democracy that we're all taking part in. So, again, it's like I think this is a thing that a lot of the average Americans don't get. And when you see people really attacking and sig- singling out Islam, uh, a lot of the, the new atheists are doing it mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. 
And they, one of the things they always say, they say, I'm not a racist. Mm-hmm. Islam mm-hmm. is an ideology. It's a set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. It has right. nothing to do with race. Right, right. And, of course, in the abstract, that's true. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you can have blonde hair and blue eyes and be Muslim. Right. But, like, as you put it, is mm-hmm. really important. Is It's a racialized term. Right, right. Yeah. And in the popular conscious, if you say, what does a Muslim look like? Everyone gets an idea. Mm-hmm. And it's right. definitely not blue eyes and right, blonde. right, exactly, right. Um, mm-hmm. 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 So, what do you when when nine eleven happened versus now? Do you feel like there's a similar uh, kind of feeling in the air in the country, or different? Um, I think that no, I think that the feeling in the air now is actually much different than it was after nine eleven. Actually, when nine eleven happened, I had just returned from my studies in Morocco about maybe two weeks prior to that, and and I remember the day a brother had called me, woke me up from my sleep, and told me turn on TV, and I turned it on, and and he said, man, he said somebody just crashed airplane into the trade center, you know, and while I was watching, the second airplane hit. You know, and I would just glue to my seat for about maybe four hours, you know, just in 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 disbelief. You know, it's like I say, is this real? It's like you know, I just it, it was like so shocking, you know, of of an, of an event. And I think that after nine eleven, while there were people who attacked Muslims, that it still, um, I guess you would say that it it was directed towards. A particular type of Muslim, yeah, yeah, you understand, you know, and um, so so Islamophobia was so, somewhat, you know, it was sort of brewing already, but it was really formalized, I guess you would say, at that at that time, you know. So and actually, unfortunately, some Muslims were killed, and, and some people weren't even Muslim were killed. Uh, it, it was real Sikhs, seated, you know, it was, it was Sikhs among others, you know, but it's, it was rooted in, in racism uh, back then. But I think that right now. And especially after the election of President Barack Obama, that it's on a totally new level now. And this is not only in the United States, but this is also in Europe, from what I can see, is that there's a new resurgence of white supremacy, a resurgence of, of like uh, white consciousness, uh, and um, the the groundwork had been sort of been laid uh, for for a number of years. When um, you look at sort of social scientists were highlighting things such as, you know, about a year such and such, you know, uh, Europe Europeans going to be going to be outnumbered in Europe by these immigrants. So in America, the Mexicans are invading. You know, so there's uh, this resurgence mm-hmm. in the United. States. So, so in addition of, to Islamophobia, you have you know right. this sort of white building. right exactly, and like a lot mm-hmm. of politicians are capitalizing mm-hmm. on this this right. fear based, right. you know, just churning up mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. you know getting kind of like you know white people in Europe and in mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. to really see that we're losing our country. Yes, yeah, right. And of course, they don't necessarily say it's because the blacks and browns mm-hmm. and the, the Im- mm-hmm. but they do say the immigrants and mm-hmm. it's a real racialized yes, language. Right. And right. of course, in America, mm-hmm. it's totally, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, initiated mm-hmm. by the fact that we have an African-American right. president. Right. You know, right. they say all these mm-hmm. militias, right-wing mm-hmm. militias, mm-hmm. The membership goes through the roof, right, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and and all these kind of, not only just the extreme, like, neo-Nazi groups are seeing right. 
increase membership. Mm-hmm. But even ones who say, we're not racist, but we're just, we need to protect our country. That's right. Training, That's all right. these. You know, our country. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, our country. Yeah. So I've noticed a difference um, personally. And I think that right now that the situation is much more volatile than even when it was back when 9-11 first happened. Because back then, I think that the races were united you know, at least those who considered themselves to be true Americans. Blacks and whites were united, you see, when 9-11 happened. Now we have Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so it's hard to imagine that you're going to have that level of solidarity um, 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 in light of, you know, current events. And as long as people are not willing to start, try to address the grievances of people who have legitimate grievances. Um, so if the response is always going to be to blame the victim, you know, like they'll say, Black Lives Matter. So, okay, yeah, you, you know, white, white, some white cops kill some black people, but what about you guys killing each other? You know, so also oh, it's my fault that mm-hmm. the guy down the street killed the other guy down the street. You know, but I, I have no relationship with, with them. You know, but you killed me. Why you kill me? I didn't have, I couldn't control any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that justifies your murder of me. And that's sort of like saying, okay, because, uh, you know, uh, like, um, you know. Um, you know, in Afghanistan, uh, that you know, when the Taliban was there, or prior to the Taliban, and there was a whole lot of violence in, in, in Afghanistan. So when the Americans come and bomb them, right? You know, um, you know, bomb the bad guys. You know, and and in the midst of it, they kill some innocent people, bystanders. You know, okay, well, you know, they should have been, you know, they should have handled those, those, uh, those terrible guys in their own country. Um, otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have needed to come to bomb them and blow them up. You see, right. it just the doesn't really make damage. sense, right? Right, exactly. And that, you know, what? Yeah. Like again, I think a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. white people, mm-hmm. are very resistant to mm-hmm. talking about race, bringing mm-hmm. up race in general, right. but especially yeah. around this thing. But I really feel, mm-hmm. and 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 this really is just something interesting that's sparked by what happened in Facebook, mm-hmm. which is that two attacks happened back to back. The first one was Beirut. Mm-hmm, right. It was ISIS that did it. Mm-hmm. It was in a crowded market that killed mm-hmm. uh, innocent people, yeah. mostly About Muslims. Yeah. Although there's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. Christians in Beirut, in Beirut too. Right. I don't know how we you know the percentage. Yeah, um, it's a pretty high percentage. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, Paris, and of course, P- Paris, the death toll was higher. It was a hundred and something, twenty. Versus, uh, I think it was in the 40s in Beirut. Yeah, I think it was 54 in Beirut and then about 129 in Paris, yeah. And so I was just reflecting because I've been to both of those cities. Mm-hmm. I performed in both those cities. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of friends in both those cities. Mm-hmm. I, you know, hung out, checked it out, you know, was taken around, spent a few days. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends. First thing when I heard the Paris thing, I reached out to them. Mm-hmm. First thing that I, when the Beirut thing, I reach out to them mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I started noticing that, you know, there was a little bit of news about Beirut, not much. And then when Paris happened, immediately it just exploded. Right. Right. And what was fascinating is that Facebook has this safety check feature. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got, I started mm-hmm. getting updates mm-hmm. that my friends in Paris are okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so and so is okay. So and so is okay. So and so is okay. It's automatically in my feed, you know. And I was reflecting on that, and I was like, "That's amazing." Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I naturally said, "They didn't have that for Beirut." Right. And I just started thinking about why. Mm-hmm. And then, 
I remembered back that earlier this year, Kenya, again, it was a extremist Islamist group in Kenya. They killed, they, I think it was a mall or something where they mm-hmm. killed more people than in Paris, right. almost 200 people. Right. Right. And it was a tragedy, but I was reflecting on, we know 9-11. Right. That date means something to us. Yeah, right. We know 7-7. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That date means right. something. And then what is it? I guess it's 11-13. Is that what? Right, exactly. 11-13. That's right. going to be... Right, exactly. The, Friday, tr- Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Right, exactly, yeah. But yeah. we do not, and I don't know, mm-hmm. but nobody knows the mm-hmm. date that that happened in Kenya. Right. Why? Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it really comes down to the fact that in the Western mm-hmm. dominant media, right. all lives are not valued the same. Right, exactly. Because, right. because mm-hmm. all lives are not seen as us. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing. Right. It's right. really that, you know, Europeans, they're us. They're Western. Right. Right. Um, Israelis are us. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? But Middle Eastern people, mm-hmm. African people, right. you know, Asian people, non-white people it's really right. racial that's the thing you right, can't right. escape the fact mm-hmm. that it's about race Australians right. are us right yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but and of course you know I can already hear the defenses of a lot of white people like no if I saw you know someone an old lady trip and fall on the subway it doesn't matter if they're black or brown or white I would feel compassion I'd help them up mm-hmm. right, right. and I think that's generally, generally true right. on the level of individual interaction right. yeah. but we have to understand that the the way that the systems and the mm-hmm. way that mm-hmm. the institutions and the historical nature of all right. of this right. Right. is yeah. that as a society mm-hmm. we don't value all these individuals right. no it's, it's true it's totally true um, I think that uh like when people even uh, hear the term white supremacy, that there's a tendency to automatically focus on these sort of little KKK, KKK skinheads, you know, Nazi type of groups like that. These individuals who often are not very intelligent to begin with, and you know, and in some ways don't really have a lot of political power. I mean, of course, some of them do have some political influence in certain parts of the country. But when we think of when we talk about white supremacy, white supremacy even transcends that. You know, when you actually look at the uh, the biggest sort of movers and shakers in the world. You, you when you look at the uh, if if you just focus on the United States to begin with, that you're talking about um, um, a government predominated by especially not just white but Anglo-Saxon white uh, men. Uh, you know the Congress, the Senate, um, in the economic sector. Uh, there's predominance in the academic uh, sector, in the universities. You know, predominantly white. Uh, a white, uh, you know, male-centric, uh, um, um, you know, um, in military command, mm-hmm. you know, you see uh, the same thing. And then, you know, on the international stage, the same thing, you know, they sort of, um, um, you know, NATO and these other uh, countries, you know, you see that who's really sort of dominating. And I'm not, for me, that's not necessarily a problem, I guess you would say. It's not a problem that one particular group, um, I guess you would say, uh, is able to uh, gain dominance over the majority of the people. Rather, the problem is, to me, is that when that is the case, and uh, there is not enough representation to ensure that there is actual justice occurring when there is, and there's a lot of injustice that happened happening under this, you know. I mean, and it's put off as if we're actually uh, there's a balance in terms of the representation of the different nations and the different peoples in any given situation, you know. And so, and it's put off as if, well, yeah, okay, well, 
you know, um, just as uh, everybody's given given a fair a fair chance and their fair share, when that's actually not what's occurring, you see. So, um, so I, I think that that's an important for people to reflect upon. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's a good point yeah. in the yeah. sense yeah. that, like, if you study, if you're a student of history, mm-hmm. you'll know that yeah. empires rise and fall. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it might be yeah. uh, the, the Egyptians that are dominant. It might be the Romans. It might mm-hmm. be the Greeks. It might be the Persians. It might right. be the Aztecs. It might be the you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The French, right. might, the Spanish, right. the right. British, mm-hmm. and now it's the Americans, and by extension, right. Europe. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just history, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But the difference is now is that we we don't just present it mm-hmm. in popular discourse like mm-hmm. yeah we're we dominate and so we make mm-hmm. the rules. Right. right. Mm-hmm. We act as if. We're the global community. Yeah, and exactly. we all are looking mm-hmm. at everyone's interests mm-hmm. equally when that's just rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you live in Iraq mm-hmm. and your country mm-hmm. gets invaded and you already had a dictator that you didn't love, right, right. It's, not, it's not about sticking up for Saddam, right, obviously, right. or Gaddafi mm-hmm. or anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, right, right. power tends to corrupt. And the people, that's you right. know, that's just yeah. the fact. Right. Right. But that said... Mm-hmm. If you just, you know, topple the the ruling class, right. dismantle the army, and then upwards of a million people right. end up dying, right? Exactly. And then you sit and stand back right. when some insane psychopaths, right. <laughs> you know, start taking up weapons and become mm. the most dominant voice right. exactly. out of the insanity, right. right? Because they're the most bloodthirsty, mm-hmm. really. Right. Exactly. And then you just wash your hands of it and say, mm-hmm. you know, these these Muslims and mm-hmm. their Sunni and Shiite sectarian right. strife has been going on for fourteen hundred right. years. What right. could we have done? You know what I mean? Right. It's right. Yeah. It's the most amazing type of hubris. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's it's, it's satanic as mm-hmm. well. I mean, like I would say, you know, not to imply anything like so nation nation mm-hmm. nationist so, but but it is very satanic and 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 it's in this the way that it what it is it's very deceptive uh and uh, diabolical mm-hmm. uh you know it was interesting i actually was watching a a um a video from a press conference that uh Vlad, you know vladimir putin putin had did um recently i'm assuming and uh, you know, of course, this wasn't on the American media, but basically, he had it was one particular point that really stuck out to me, and he he had, he had highlighted that. Well, listen, you know, um, all these things you're blaming on us, realistically, you know, you can't really pin any of this on us, you know, because you guys, you did Iraq, you did this and that. And one thing that really really struck me was the the fact that he had mentioned. He said, well, then these same guys they take over the oil fields, they take over the oil fields, and you don't know need to start to do. They start to sell oil. And they say, okay, well, who is selling the oil to? Who's buying the oil from them? You see, you know, and, and these people who are buying the oil from them, these are all allies of the United States. Why are they not being um, punished? Mm. Why are they not being? Why don't they have sanction against mm. them and everything? You know, they, these are people are fueling ISIS. You know, uh, um, through the the purchase, and they have regular relations with mm-hmm. them. You know, you know, and so that is an extremely important point that people need to remember is that that yeah, you created this, the conditions for the rise for the rise of ISIS. And you're and you perpetuating their existence, you know, that you can ensuring that they continue to exist by giving them economic support. You know, you can't tell me that you can freeze the assets 
of all of your enemies around the world, and you can't freeze the assets of ISIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really doesn't make any sense to me. It's really, really, really crazy. And that's why I say diabolical. It's right. really it's demonic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the problem mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I mean, and I think hopefully mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. emerging mm-hmm. media, social media, the mm-hmm. way that we're all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the way that Twitter played mm-hmm. a role in the Arab Spring. Mm-hmm. which right. hasn't ended right. so right. positively everyone was the Arab mm-hmm. Spring but I mean now mm-hmm. it's right. a nightmare in right. most exactly. places exactly. Yeah. but nonetheless mm-hmm. you know it seems pretty clear to most people I think mm-hmm. that the USA mm-hmm. talks a rhetoric but they're not actually about principles mm-hmm. in the right. sense that like their foreign policy mm-hmm. is it's all about democracy, right? It's just democracy, mm-hmm. democracy, like a mantra. Like you right. have the thicker beads and you're right. democracy, democracy, mm-hmm. democracy. Right, right, right. No <laughs> but then if... if Democracy weird. <laughs> if who gets elected in Egypt mm-hmm. is not who you want to be elected. That's right. Mm-hmm. Then, and there's a military coup. Mm-hmm. Right. Against the democratically elected leader of a country, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, mum's the word. Right. All well, of a sudden, you have nothing right, to say. Right. Or, or simply go take it back further than that. I mean, you know, when the Palestinians, they, they chose to elect Hamas, you mm-hmm. know, to de- yep. de- democratically elect it, you know, and what you do to them, how you do, you punish them, then you you blockade them, you put them in an, in, in, uh, an open-air prison, right, up until this very day. I mean, you know, it's, um, if democracy was a universal good, Right. then it should have been allowed to run its course, uh, even in the case of Hamas, regardless of how much you like Hamas, which teach, right. should teach us that that democracy is not a universal good, and, and it teaches us that democracy is not going to work everywhere. Uh, and even in the Muslim world, when they talk about democracy, realistically what people are asking for is, is, is freedom, they're asking for stability, they're asking for... Uh, the um, uh, the sort of mechanisms put in place that will help to to protect uh, and curb corruption in government, you know, no bribery, things like that. Make sure that if I go to courts, that my judge is not going to be bribed, you know, into uh, um, ruling in the favor of my, you know, the uh, the defendant or the person who's I'm in court for uh, against, you know. So things like that. That's really what they're asking for, you know. And so, but realistically, stability, stability is. Uh, probably the most important thing. Most people in the world, I believe, they can really care less what kind of government they have. As long as I'm able to live a dignified existence, I'm able to own property, and my property is protected, I can move freely, uh, among so many other things. You know, I don't think the average person even cares. Mm-hmm. You know, the people, most people who live and live in so-called democracies don't really understand why democracy works. You know, right. they, they really don't. The people don't, right, you know, sure. in my opinion, most people. You know. Absolutely. And I mean, if you think about I mean, the hypocrisy is so clear. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, to tie it back to oil again, mm-hmm. you know, look at mm-hmm. who's our number one ally in the Middle East other than uh, Israel is Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Who And you have, again, a government that's quite repressive as mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. It's not, right. doesn't support dissent. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It, when you think, when people mm-hmm. stereotype Muslims, mm-hmm. unfortunately because... Uh, Saudi Arabia is where this, the holy cities of Mecca and Medina right, everyone right, kind of right. says oh that's what Muslims are like they right, don't say right. Turkey or they don't mm-hmm. say Indonesia or Malaysia right. or mm-hmm. or Senegal right right, right yeah mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. say uh, yeah. oh yeah well that's Muslims and, and then mm-hmm. you know they have 
you know, I mean, they stone more people than ISIS does as part of, like, that's just legal, you know, that's on their law. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, women can't drive Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, they... Any intellectual that speaks out against mm-hmm. the regime, mm-hmm. even cri- critically at all, mm-hmm. or any right. dissenting version of Islam, yeah. has to be totally underground. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and yet that's our number one ally as right. a, as the U.S. Right, right. Yeah. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Yeah, right. Like right. that's my thing. If you just want to be like, look, man, yeah. we're the we're the strongest, right? And right. You know, there's really nothing you can do about it, right? Because mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. gonna take your resources, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you Give us your resources. Mm-hmm. We'll let you have your little fiefdom, your little kingdom, yes, and right, do whatever you right, want. Right. Uh, and if you step out of line, we'll replace you. That's right. just how it's gonna go. We're right. we're we're the gangster. Like we're right. the mm-hmm. the the biggest family in town. Right. And, and right. We're the dons. Yeah, exactly. No. And so no. if if you want to say that, mm-hmm. say that. Right, like right. You, we can criticize that and right. say that's not mm-hmm. right. right. That's yeah. but at least you have some integrity. At right, least right. you're honest. Yeah. Whereas. What we do yeah. as a as a as a nation, as far as a popular discourse, mm-hmm. is that we actually and we're not fooling anyone. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole right. thing. Right. You know, Iraqis aren't fooled, mm-hmm. Palestinians aren't mm-hmm. fooled, right. even Europeans aren't fooled. Right, right. Yeah. You know, exactly. black and brown people aren't fooled right. in America, right. 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 let alone overseas. Mm-hmm. And so and even a lot of I mean, mm-hmm. look at you know, people that are you know, people that are voting for Obama, they're hoping it's an alternative. People that are voting right. for someone even more left to him that's claiming socialism mm-hmm. now, like Bernie right. Sanders, right. they're not, you know, they don't, they're sick of this. So a lot right. of Americans right. are fed up. Right. But we still, I mean, we, we, and that also gets back to the point of that the thing about democracy is it's the type of government that demands the most from the people. Right. A right. democracy right. can exactly. only work if people That's are right. deeply educated. That's right. If you're That's in right. a, a constitutional mm-hmm. monarchy or right. whatever, it doesn't right. matter. I mean, it doesn't matter right. if people don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But in a democracy, if you don't know what's going That's on, right. you're actually a danger to society. That's right. That's you're right. harming everyone. That's right. Exactly. Because Amana, if right. we use it. Because you can be easily time. manipulated. You can be exactly. easily manipulated. Yeah. Exactly. And, right. you know, mm-hmm. for a democracy to function properly, mm-hmm. people, the people, mm-hmm. uh, have to be mm. well aware of all the issues. Right, right. You know, yeah, right. otherwise it's very easy. Right. There's a, yeah, it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned this, the importance of like people being aware. And um, like, I, I, as you know, I, I do uh, quite a bit of work in like race, you know, mm-hmm. um, race theory and things like that. And in particular, I've, have, I've had a concern in the area of sort of, um, sort of racial stratification and how... Mm-hmm. That impacts, um, uh, I guess you say, um, or say racial t- race taxonomies and how they are utilized for the purpose of race racial stratification, social stratification, and um, and in America, what does that mean? well, basically, <laughs> yeah, well, basically, when we talk about race taxonomy, fundamentally, we just talk about sort of classifications, race classifications, mm-hmm. race categories. Okay. Uh, like in America, we know, of course, it's white, and you have black, you have African, now you have Hispanic, you have right. other, you have so many others, you know, right. you know. and nowadays, if this, they are becoming more and more. Right. And But originally, the only, um, you know, you had the choice between white and black, as we know, and um, of course, Native American became one as well. Uh, and, so, and so the original Americans, um, in order for you to become an American, you had to be, you had to prove you're white, mm-hmm. uh, prior to African Americans being given the right to become citizens almost a century later. But under George Washington, you know, very first uh, National Naturalization Act of 1790, 
that that was one of the chief um, conditions was that you had to be uh, a white a white a white person in order to be become an American. Uh, now, of course, time went by and those things have changed, but um, there's always been a hierarchy in whiteness to begin with, and so on, on, on one level, on one level, you can't necessarily blame the the those who immigrated from Europe to America for choosing whiteness as uh, one of the most essential characteristics for um, sort of enfra- enfranchisement in America, and that you know, you're talking about a particular civilization which had just come out of a bloody more than one century sort of religious war, you know, between the Protestants and Catholics, you know, and, they, and largely we can say that they lost trust in religion. Mm-hmm. You know, so religion couldn't be a, a valid basis for, for citizenship. You know, so they had to choose something, you know, so they happened to choose whiteness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so basically, so when I talk about race stratification or tax, straight race taxonomies, I'm talking about sort of race um, um, or sort of the categories, you know, which um, fundamentally... Um, promote this idea of some degree of of genetic homogeneity against amongst certain people right. but not amongst others. Right. Uh, and realistically, the concept of race, from a scientific standpoint, has, can't really be proven. It's right. never been. It's just it's a convenient sort of right. term. Well, it's not. Um, it's totally discredited. Like right. maybe there was some. You know, the yeah, whole. No, it's been discredited scientifically, but right. like for most people, sure. like for most people, they actually take them. And perceive of themselves, perceive of these categories as true, as true, real categories. Sure. Like for instance, you know, it's like, oh, well, you're not really, oh, you ain't really black. You know, you act like one of them. You understand? Right, right. The people have this reaction often uh, to um, to certain types of violations of cultural sure. uh, sort of um, yeah. you know coherence among mm-hmm. other other things. So. So, like, these terms have been invented and classifications and categories have been invented and people have appropriated them and uh, it started as a conception then become a perception uh, in people. And and so we continue to live our lives on the basis of those particular categories, not realizing that in every part of the world you may have a different type of understanding. Like, for instance, if I go to Brazil, I'm not black anymore, mm. for instance, you see. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Morocco, I'm not black, you understand? Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, but in America, especially for Americans, I, I've noticed that, in, in particular for the poor people and the uneducated people, that there's a tendency to think uh that their category of, 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 of being is actually universal. You know, so for instance, African comes here and for instance doesn't show as much concern for the plight of the black man, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a sellout. You follow me? Mm-hmm. But no, he has a different experience, you see, mm-hmm. different sort of worldview, a different idea about blackness, what it means. You know, of course it may be something shared, but his particular background and history it's much different. He might enslave you just as fast as white men enslave you, you understand. <laughs> so so I think that that's an, that's an important part of, of this particular conversation, which has to be brought up um, as, as well, because because it, when we don't understand how much we've been constructed by others, mm-hmm. you know, that all identities, our own percept- self-perceptions have been given to us by others and by the, the superstructure or just by the sort of the status quo, then it's easier to manipulate us against one another and divide and conquer us. You know, and, and it's not to say that we should be pushing for in a total elimination for racial categories. I'm not totally certain that I'm in favor. I would be in favor of that mm-hmm. because if, 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 if we were to push for that, fundamentally we're talking about removing people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just understand that race 
as a social is a sociological phenomenon. Right. You know, it's not a biological fact. Sure. It's a sociological phenomenon, and 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 as a social sociological phenomenon, it is actually real. The experience of of race sure. is real. You see, you know, so I can't say to all black blacks to have nothing. You know, why are they complaining? You're not even black anymore. It's like no, no, you've had your experience uh, of blackness. You know, so and so so whiteness as well is the same thing. You know, they're they're going to they're they're. They're going to eliminate, uh, annihilate white whiteness, you know, or white people from the planet. You see, so this reaction, right. you know, to the threat of immigrant um, uh, immig- immigration, um, it sort of is able to sort of uh, trump and and uh, and utilize as a tool to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's very yeah. true, and I think yeah. what you say is really important because mm-hmm. a lot of white people. They don't like race being brought up. And like, mm-hmm. well-meaning, they're just like, right. why do you keep reminding me Black Lives Matter? We're all the same. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They don't want to be reminded of it. Mm-hmm. And on one level, I think you really have to see it with two eyes. You know, mm-hmm. right. well, If right. you have one eye, it, you can still see, but you have right. no depth perception, right? right. Two right. eyes means you can see mm-hmm. the, the depth. Mm-hmm. On one level, and like you say, it's, uh, you know, what you say, sociological and biological. Right, right. Biologically, right. with the same... Mm-hmm. Race, right, right, yeah. But mm. in lived experience, mm. what your skin peg pigmentation mm-hmm. uh, content is something right. as trivial as that right. has very real right. Um, consequences. Right, right, right. And right. if we don't acknowledge that, mm-hmm. then we do an injustice to mm-hmm. people that right. have a shared history, mm-hmm. that have experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like someone said on Facebook, uh, Twitter, I saw some mm-hmm. someone post a uh, black brother. He said, it's about 500 years, seven colonized continents, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a genocide, and an enslavement of an entire population too late to start talking about we're all one race. Mm-hmm. Right. You know That's what I mean? Right. So in a That's sense, right. like, you have right. to acknowledge right. the experience. The experience. You right. can't exactly. just say, right. we're right. all got here right. the same way. And like, I mean, but mm-hmm. at the same time... yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, it can get so focused on our differences that mm-hmm. we lose sight of the fact right. that, yes, but right, right. while acknowledging that, mm-hmm. we have to mm-hmm. have the other eye, which right. acknowledges that we are the same. Right, right, and ultimately, right. for people that mm-hmm. have a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spiritual perspective on mm-hmm. this, we have a spirit. Yes. And we believe yes. that there's a transcendent right. creator, source mm-hmm. of all right. existence, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. our souls incarnated in this realm... Mm-hmm as a test right and it was along the lines of our differences tribe race class language gender language Mm -hmm. etc that the test would be manifest right so that's how you see who you really are right Right. is you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is along these fissures where people are divided right what do you really stand for right right and so yeah yeah i mean let let me be be clear just uh, you know because i don't want anyone to really misunderstand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. with me i'm implying and i think that you said enough to really to clarify Mm -hmm. you know that you know when when we talk about this idea that how we're the same biologically that yeah that is that is not meant to to make it seem as if like we are completely the same Mm -hmm. you know now of course Saying that we're biologically the same, of course, there are our systems in our bodies and blood. You know, underneath the skin, we're all the same color. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, so, but yes, there are difference in hair texture. There are difference in you know skin color and you know the size of noses, right. lips. You know things like Jumping that. That does exist, right? Exactly. Can't jump. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so Dancing. Right, right. Those differences do exist. Those differences do exist, right. but. 
But when we, with the way that we look at race is is that we look at it on a certain um, sort of a, a spectrum, like uh, that is, you know, the extremes in that spectrum. You know, like for instance, the, a person I can be jet black, and I mean almost white. You know, and I'm still black. You understand? In 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 my particular context, you know, when when in fact, if we were to put some of those people and this who's in most one category next to people of another category, like for instance, Mongolian, if you want to use that term, right. we're going to use you know right. the uh, sure. you know Ethiopian, or you're going to use Caucasian, where the different different categories, you find that many people in with a single category, if not most of them, actually have more in common than the people of other category than sure. the category they are said to belong to. Yeah. You see, so you know, so I, I know people who are you know you know dread black, and I know others who are almost white. You know, but if you ask them, you know, you said call them a white guy, I'm not I'm black. You see, mm-hmm. you know, and so, so even myself, even though, like, m- m- according to what I was, I was told by uh, in geneticists, is that that I'm probably a little bit more than eighty percent sub-Saharan African. Mm. Uh, that I do have about sixteen percent of um, of European blood. Mm. You see, um, now, um, now maybe some other person who's black who has maybe one percent of European blood in it. You know, right. so of course, yeah, they're more like a certain African. You know, but. The more I have, the more I'm, I may be more like the other, the other particular category. You know? so, I mean, why is it that we can't call call President Ob- Barack Obama white? Right. I mean, his mother's white. Right. You see? He's just I as mean, much white as right. he is black. Just right, as exactly. much European right. as African. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so the whole point being that somebody made a choice for one everybody drop. else. One that, drop. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> somebody made a choice for everyone else that this guy he can't be white. He's right. black. You understand? And um, you know, we have to just sort of be aware of that that race. It's not a true category. It's a convenient category, but it's not a real category. And it is related to experience as well. And those experiences oftentimes can be very harmful uh, and have been harmful for certain people and, and useful, more beneficial for others. So so while we, uh, we understand that, hopefully it'll make it easier for us to not be easily manipulated when we actually have to all stand up and fight for uh, a, a same, the same type of cause, causes that are that you know that we're faced with. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're an imam, a sheikh, a teacher, a mm-hmm. uh, professor. Uh, when you're asked, I'm sure you get asked by, mm-hmm. you know, non-Muslims as well as Muslims, especially in the wake of, of, of these these type of terrorist attacks Mm -hmm. to try to understand like the phenomena of ISIS Mm -hmm. and I mean do you find that it seems to me that Muslims aren't feeling like like I've never heard a Muslim in my entire life that is actually like you know ISIS has a a good point though like everyone seems to be Mm -hmm. like these freaking guys man Mm -hmm. like and I see some scholars trying to like theologically deconstruct their arguments, mm-hmm. but I feel like, and maybe I'm just, it's just with the circles I'm around. I'm not really around a bunch of ISIS sympathizers or people that would even be swayed by that line mm-hmm. of argument. Mm-hmm. But I feel almost like it's kind of missing the point when you're like trying to theologically show from the source text of the Quran mm-hmm. and Sunnah right, right, why right. this isn't actually the true religion of Islam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Do you right. share those sentiments or what do you... Well, well in terms of like I mean, I the desire, the, the, the impulse to actually to refute them. them you know, the, yeah, the, I mean, do you feel of, like people... I guess non-Muslims are probably looking for a way to understand like, okay, 
I get not all Muslims are terrorists, mm-hmm. but like, what is what is the deal? Like, it right. keeps happening. Right, right. You know what I mean? And then right. I I don't know about yeah, like young Muslims, for instance, mm-hmm. in America coming right. up. Right. I can imagine that it mm. it's more like an identity thing. Like, man, I got to keep getting reminded that I'm mm. different than everyone else. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I would say a, a few different two few things about this. I mean, one, I think that the problem of ISIS recruitment is probably much more significant in Europe. Uh, than it is in the United States, which is alhamdulillah, and I do and I do think that it has a lot to do with the uh, the general, the overall sort of state of Muslims here economically, among other things, you know, which make make that the case. Um, there's a certain lo- there's a certain level of enfranchisement that does exist, you know, and people are not necessarily being, mm-hmm. I guess, they're suffering in the way that certain Muslims are in, in France mm-hmm. or say in, in in England. You know, Tend you start talking about the prison population. Right. You know, look at seventy percent prison population. You know, you know, Muslim or eighty percent said to be in in, uh, mm-hmm. in in England. You know, Pakistani. Uh, at least that was, that's what I was told. I, you have to confirm this, confirm this, these, these numbers, but but it, it, it's clearly some is a large level of disenfranchisement, and the populations there are largely poor populations. Whereas in America, we don't have uh, the level of, of of poverty amongst our immigrant Muslim population in particular. Uh, and I think, of course, the African American issue is something completely different as well. Whereas um, we. Um, you know, I mean, we—it's kind of like we're just used to—we're used to our our our, our condition, and used to our plight, uh, and um, so the issue of refuting ISIS on a base on a theological basis. Personally, I personally feel that that it, it's ISIS is not really our concern. I mean, personally, I, that's why I feel, I feel that we in America we have our own issues, we have our own challenges. And of course, it's a concern in the sense that, of course, we don't want our youth to be radicalized by the particular element. But I do think that if we do choose to try to um, offer um, um, offer a type of uh, refutation to the ideology, then it has to be ironclad. You know, it has to be something done, probably even collectively. It can't just be like an individual scholar who gets up. And so, because you have to make sure that your arguments are consistent, uh, that they, um, um, you know, that they can't be easily um, dismantled, uh, um, you know, because because that they can't be flimsy, you know. So, and I think that that's in some regards that certain arguments have been very flimsy mm-hmm. uh, with regard to um, the so-called refutation of ISIS, mm-hmm. and it gives them it gives them the appearance of strength. Um, I think that the ideology of ISIS is a, is a self-destructive ideology. And I feel that if we just left them alone, that it's just a matter of time before it just fell, it simply falls apart. That's the way I feel about it, personally. The question of why ISIS is doing what it's doing to those outside of his own territory is never, never asked, you see. And I'm not trying to argue for them, you know, but I do think it's an important question to ask is that perhaps, you know, and some people have said it, that, that this is the result of the... The, the actions of the or sort of the um, the it's, it's blowback from sort of uh, the the actions of Western actors right. Western you know government undoubtedly actors they step right. into the yeah. vacuum created by right. the war in Iraq and, yeah. and and then of course Syria the mm-hmm. tragedies in Syria so I mean undoubtedly right I right. mean ISIS yeah the leaders of ISIS mm-hmm. including the quote quote unquote quote unquote you know caliph. Mm-hmm. Uh, met in a U.S. prison mm-hmm, mm-hmm, fighting mm-hmm. against an occupying army called the United States of America. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. the, the leader, and this is an important point, 
he had no he was a neighborhood preacher beforehand mm -hmm. had no no mm -hmm. uh, history of violence mm -hmm. right and he may have been a bad guy mm -hmm. in the sense he harbored mm -hmm. these violent tendencies mm -hmm. internally and but he just didn't let him out or it may have mm -hmm. just he became that person mm -hmm. in the insanity of, of right. war and so i hear what you're saying in the sense that like we have to understand the context but right. i think right. one right. of the one of the reasons why it's difficult is because as Muslims in the West, mm -hmm. Muslims in the West are not allowed to just be Muslims in the West. They right, are right, everything right. that happens mm -hmm, right. that any Muslim does, mm -hmm, right. especially against anyone in right, the West. Right. It's seen as somehow reflective of them in their fifth column and all right, this type of thing. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree that, that, that again for the immigrants, that definitely is a concern that they have to have, and they we probably will continue to have. Uh, on the other hand, you know, every group of people who has been disenfranchised and been, has been treated in this particular fashion throughout history, at, eventually, at a certain point, they fought back. You know, they, they, they refused to, 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 you know, to cave in to uh, the, the politics, you know, to the, um, the, the, the obligation or the sort of coercion of apologetics um, for, you know, what other people are, are doing, uh, which they have no control over. And I think just a matter of time that Muslims have to make a decision about that. He said, listen, you know, why do I have to apologize? Because even when they do apologize, they're still told that, you know, that we don't hear anybody apologizing. Right. So I say, well, why continue to apologize? You there enough? You have enough sort of apologies on record that, you know, anytime to ask, anybody asks the question, just, just throw it out there to them. Say, hey, look, we did this on this day. That, you know, mm -hmm. you know why, I'm not going to, moving forward, I'm not going to do it anymore. You mm -hmm. know? And I think that that's, that's an important idea to 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 think about. There needs to be a a a clarification of what our position is. Like for instance, yourself or myself is like, yes, you know, we, you know, you agree with ISIS? No, I don't agree with ISIS. Period. That's it. There are different types of Muslims. Mm -hmm. I disagree with them. You know, my Islam, Islam, I know is something different. This is Islam, you know. So if you're interested in Islam, you know, you can you can choose that one. You can be distracted by that one, or you can choose the one that I have. If you want to really learn about it. You know, I can tell you what I know about Islam. You know, I can show you where, where my understanding of Islam comes from. You see, you, know, you find it to be very beautiful. Mm -hmm. You see, but if they're not willing to do that, because if, if there's a certain amount of intellectual laziness as well mm -hmm. on, this, on the part of the individual we're trying to actually win over in. Or just know, layers yeah. and layers yeah. of mm. perception. Yeah. You know, you think about that, like, if you've been told over and over and over again, mm -hmm. this is this, this is right. this, this is this, and right. says, no, it's not that. Right. It's, you're, you're right, there has to be a certain person who has a certain type of intellectual discernment who, right. that is developed, mm -hmm. you know, it takes a certain type of person to be able to be right. like, okay, I'm going to hear what you're saying without, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to try to put aside my perspective right. that I've received for all That's these right. years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You know, usually mm -hmm. it takes time mm -hmm. and time again to break right. those down. Right. And the 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 sad part is that, you know, I feel like for a lot of Muslims that are, you know, talking to their family members that might not be Muslim or, you know, their coworkers or classmates or whatever, you know, they, they might start breaking those things down. Right. right. And then another act, another mm -hmm. thing happens. Right. And how it's right. presented in the media and people mm -hmm. are like, Well, hmm, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I guess it really comes down to this because I agree with you. I mean, mm -hmm. it's one of my, the mm -hmm. things that I see is that Muslims literally tripping over themselves mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. to condemn, right. Ap right. apologize. Mm -hmm. And I understand, like you said, like they're afraid for mm -hmm. their families and for right. their, right. their, their children and for mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. all that stuff. Right. Um, 
But what I would say is like, look at how reactionary it is. Like mm-hmm. until you actually have institutions, mm-hmm. including specifically in this instance, until you start to have media, right. you put out your own voice yeah, right. on right. your own terms, mm-hmm. then I mean, sorry. I mean, yeah, that's, right. Just, right. that's just how it goes. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. another thing that I would say mm-hmm. is that, and we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. is that there's, for the vast majority of Muslims in America, mm-hmm. they are actually very assimilated. Like mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. The, all they want to do is go to their IT job, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Right. And, right. and just mix in with everyone else right. and like tell the same jokes and this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And when an act like this happens, mm-hmm. immediately they have, they're reminded yeah, right, that right. you're, wait, right. but are you really one of right. us? Like you're right. something different. Right. And this is problematic mm. for the fact that what you're basically saying is Islam doesn't actually offer a different paradigm. Mm-hmm. Islam right. actually doesn't criti- cri- critique right. the dominant materialist right. mm-hmm. uh, consumption right. paradigm. It doesn't critique this or that thing. Mm-hmm. Um we're just, I'm just like you. Right? I'm a cog in the machine. Right. I'm a cog right. in the matrix. Right. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're not That's a cog right. in the matrix. Right. And like, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a cog in the matrix just like you. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The problem is that, what about a principled engagement? Mm-hmm. You know what yes, I mean? Exactly. Right. Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the sad right. thing. No, right. Exactly. So at the end of the day, people don't know anything about Islam. You're not teaching them anything mm-hmm. about Islam. And all they know about Islam is what they see on television. Because you're not practicing in Islam, you know, yourself. You're being just like them. You know? And I think it's important, especially for our youth, that our youth have to understand that, yes, on one level, Muslims are just like everybody else. You know, I mean, when we think about it as a collective, yeah, yeah we have good Muslims, we have bad Muslims. Mm-hmm. You have, you have good, good non-Muslims, you have bad non-Muslims, mm-hmm. you see. So yeah, we're just like everyone else on that level. But on another level, Muslims are not just like everyone else, you understand? You know, So, I mean, Muslims are special people. I mean, in, in not in an arrogant way, right. you see, but we are, we believe to ourselves to be special people, you see, chosen by God on a certain level. And of course, not in a level, like the same way like the Jews right. perhaps would, would you know, generally think of themselves but in the but, sense of principles, like right, there is something right, that, you know, right, that you right. uphold. It means is, Islam is not just an identity. And I think that's yeah. another thing that mm-hmm. you see. Like yeah, a lot of yeah. people now say, I'm a secular Muslim. I'm an atheist Muslim. Like, right. what does that <laughs> right. even mean? Atheist Muslim. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you really hear that. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not here to police whoever right. wants to say they're Muslim or not. Right. That's not right. my business. Right. But right. I understand it as right. a set of... Hmm. A paradigm about the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, an understanding, mm-hmm. an action, right. and an inward reality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? right? As, right. you know, the, the yeah. kind of use of the, the Buddhist terms, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, right action, mm-hmm. right perception, right understanding, mm-hmm. and then right inward spiritual state. Right, like right. that's Islamic man Ihsan. Right, right, yeah. And yeah. we're all mm-hmm. striving for it. We're not mm-hmm. all perfect, right. you know, but... Again, exactly what you're saying in the sense of like, it's a beautiful, powerful tradition that's transformative. It's a path right, totally. of awakening. Totally, right. Exactly. And exactly. I think what you have is two extremes within the Muslim community is that one, which is like, we just assimilate, we're just like everyone else. And right. then you have this 
rejectionist. Yes, right. We hate the dominant paradigm. Right. The West, the this, mm-hmm. whatever it is going to be. Right. Right. And a small fraction of those are violent. The vast majority of these right. people are not violent. Right. right. But mm-hmm. a lot of it is really insecurity. Mm-hmm. Because they're not successful in the dominant paradigm, maybe, or mm-hmm. because they never fit in, they weren't successful with the girls, or whatever. Like, right, a lot of it, right, you could really right. just break it down to real stuff like that insecurity, or just ego, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Nafs. Mm-hmm. And what about a third path, like the, you know, umatan wasata, like right. the middle right. path, which mm-hmm. is that, you know, uh, no, we're, we have a path that talks about a way of being and right. a way of That's understanding right. and seeing right. the, the mm-hmm. cosmos right. and a set of teachings, ethical teachings about right. justice and, right. and, and the harmony of right. brotherhood of, of man. Right. And yeah. we are going to critique based on principles, not on identity things. So it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when people say, well, we, we, we can get behind Muslim causes. Well, right. Right. Uh, preserving the the environment that's a Muslim cause right, because exactly. that's according that's to the right. principles that's right. yeah. and Palestine's a Muslim cause not because it's Muslims right, exactly. but because it's injustice right. Right, exactly. uh, and right. Tibet is a Muslim cause because yeah. that's what's yeah. happening to the Tibetan people right. is wrong right exactly and mm-hmm. and until mm-hmm. that becomes the dominant mm-hmm. thrust right. and the dominant discourse and then when you have your own institutions and your own media and you can say this is we're offering a different paradigm mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you take back the discourse and you can actually right. give people something. Right, right. We spend we spend too much time like talking about what Islam is not. Mm-hmm. And and speaking about ISIS is fundamentally still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like when we're all of our time if we've been absorbed with trying to clarify that we that ISIS does not rest, represent right. Islam, you know, we're still we're still not telling people you know what is the, the 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 right the proper representation of Islam, and I personally feel that the more that we highlight the uh, prophetic ethos, mm-hmm. then it will be easier for us to uh, you know for us to make the claim that this is what true Islam is. You know that the prophetic ethos, what the Prophet Wasallam did fundamentally was true Islam. He himself was the Quran walking, so. So the more they know about Muhammad, the more they would truly understand Islam. Uh, but it, we, we have all these other sort of nutcases and, 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 and other types of people out there that make that particularly, make that particularly challenging. And, and then also I would say that, um, again, if I come back to the, the issue of race, uh, that I think that with a lot of immigrants, which actually makes it even more difficult for them too, is that many of them coming to America, they themselves seem to accept that the True, truly acceptable identities or American identities are either the black or the white identity. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if that they're forced to make a choice. Mm-hmm. I either have to be white or I have to be black, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, everybody would want to be white. I probably want to be white too if I was an immigrant too. It's like, because everybody wants to integrate up, you know, right. in any given society. Because if they see the blacks as integrating down, then they're going to sure. they're going to choose uh, being being uh, being black, uh, uh, being being white. So. So, but it's as if they don't realize that those are not all, the only options they have. Right. You know, they can choose to be what they are. You know, and I think that they, well, the more that they start to demand from those people who want to treat them or mistreat them, um, uh, that you know, that listen, you know, I'm an American too, 
And my way of being an American is just authentic as yours is. And then the more that you demand that, and I demand from you respect, you know, that this is what I am. I'm an American like this. I don't have the American like you want me to be an American, you know. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, they'll gain more respect. And then, you know, yeah. it'll be it'll be easier Ironically, for them to Ironically, that's what Americans respect. Right, exactly. It's when people that right. say that, you know, it's right. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, yeah. Yeah. and the, yeah. the kind of apologetic thing yeah. is like, ooh, I'm kind of... A friend of mine mm-hmm. told me he was a Muslim mm-hmm. convert. And he has his brother who's, who's uh, not a Muslim. And, um, you know, he said he was trying to tell his brother oh, not, you know, or he said some of his friends were trying to talk to his brother, no, Muslims are terrorists, no, Muslims are this. And his brother's like, I know, man, I'm not stupid. Like, but you're starting to give me doubts. Yeah, you're right. So, right, right. You're so, it's so important <laughs> you to tell me that that right. I'm like, well, I yeah. didn't think that. I mean, yeah, right. the average right. American is not, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Muslims sometimes think that Americans are not very intelligent. You know? right. I mean, and I think that, that works against us too. Right. You know, we we think that okay, well, you new convert or a person they they're you introducing them, them to Islam, mm-hmm. you know, as if you can say something to them and and they won't notice like sort of contradictions and mm-hmm. you know. And I remember like one time after Jumrah, there's it's an individual who goes to uh, he's not Muslim, he attends Jumrah, one particular masjid here in the area on a regular basis. And I remember one time he came to me after Jumrah. And he said, you know, hey, listen, um, I had a guy that said to me, uh, you know, I asked him, like, what's the word kafir mean, you know? And um, and so so I said, uh, I said, what what uh, what do you what do you think it means? What, what have you heard? You know, and so so he said to me, um, you know, well, I so and so and he told me that it meant like, you know, just, you know, those Muslims who go out and they, they do, do violent things, you know, that's what a kafir means, you know. And I said to him, and I told the brother, I, the guy, well, the guy, he wasn't Muslim, you know, but I told him, I said, uh, he was a white guy too. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, listen, a kafir is a word which is utilized, you know, to refer to anybody who is not a Muslim, who shows hostility towards Islam, mm-hmm. you know, but then also sometimes it's utilized to refer to anybody who's not a Muslim, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just very frank with him. And he was like, well, I mean, well, I, mean I don't know, why did he lie to me? I mean, why did you know, understand that he was really hurt, mm-hmm. you know, so as, you know, as if that they wouldn't, you know, sort of find out mm-hmm. or he probably already knew. Right. And even before he asked the other, right. the, the Muslim brother, you know, right. uh, this this immigrant brother, he, he asked him this question and that mm-hmm. was the answer he got. So you can't, you just got to be who, who you are. You have to, people, listen, people don't have to accept Islam. Islam is, you tell them, listen, this is what Islam you mm-hmm. know, is. As long as you know that is what Islam is right. and you know that tr- this is something that's part of what Islam is, say, this is what Islam is. And they can accept it or reject it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, But we don't twist it up and distort the words of God in order right. to bring people into the religion, only to help, help them find out tomorrow right. that they were lied to and they were misled. See? Um, <laughs> so. I guess one of the other... Mm-hmm things you one of the other points you see is that i mean you you're a professor at a american muslim college right? mm-hmm. and you have you know some of the teachers professors founders as mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. most influential mm-hmm. uh right. muslims mm-hmm. not only in america but right. in the world right, right? Mm-hmm. If they come out with these yeah. lists of top 500 most influential right. muslims mm-hmm. And there were, you know, a few of them always in the top. And I guess, what do you feel that the role of the scholars is in mm-hmm. all of this? Mm-hmm. And do you feel, and I mean, what is the, the way forward as, you know, kind of the ulama, the representatives right, right. of the 
Right. Well, for me, the role of the scholar is to provide the masses with the critical schools, the, the critical skills, uh, intellectual skills they need in order to um, apprehend, interpret, uh, and navigate their 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 society, their lives. You see, you know, and and what I mean by that is is the opposite of sort of just lording over them and sort of just kind of you know force feeding them or sort of you know, just spoon feeding them as well. You know, force feed or spoon feed, those are two, you know, two, two extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, it's not about, it shouldn't be about controlling people or gathering, you know, followers and things like that. Uh, it's more it's about, about liberating the, the masses, mm-hmm. you know. The masses should feel that, you know what, when I, if I sit with you, I can walk away and walk out this door and I have something practical that I can, I can implement in my life. In my in my life, there's something, some tool that I, I acquired from you yesterday or today that I can actually now utilize in order to analyze my world, analyze my reality, and actually I can protect myself from anything that may be harmful coming my way. I think that personally, that that is the the role of the scholar, uh, and um, and that being that being the, the case, um, I was I guess you say that the scholar helps you you to sort of. Um, Reality to be illuminated, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for 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 other peoples, uh, the unlearned, uh, and and hopefully in a, in a very simple way, um, give simple examples, perhaps you know. But some some you know some people take a little bit, some issues take a little bit more um, study and a bit mm-hmm. more time and mastery before people can really sort of see like what is actually real and what's not real in their world. So I think that that is fundamentally the role, and the way that I see. Personally, the situation in the world right now is, number one, the world is largely um, controlled and influenced by an economic elite, a very strong minority economic elite. Um, It is said that up to 50% of the world's um, resources uh, and wealth is owned by some hundreds, maybe a few hundred people, three or four hundred people, uh, and that is, you know, like right now, you know, fifty percent of the world's, uh, you know, resources owned by them. And and when you look in the Quran, it talks about Pharaoh and how Pharaoh he divided the masses and he made them into different factions, uh, and he took a particular faction of them and he oppressed them, uh, mm-hmm. but he divided them to begin mm-hmm. with, and. The way that we're ruled is fundamentally in the same way that you find that Pharaoh has been ruled. So if you classified us, you know, so again, these taxonomies, you know, mm-hmm. so it could be racial class, it can be social class, uh, that when those individuals actually want to increase their wealth and hide and hide it from the masses, what they do is they'll, um, they'll incite the masses against one another on the basis of those differences, on the basis of their appetites, their cravings, uh, their emotional cravings, uh, um, as well as their sort of the basic, basic carn- carnal appetites, uh, that they'll sort of na- manipulate them through those, those, those particular, particular things. And in the, mean, in, in the meantime, they're running away with all the wealth. And so they'll tell the, uh, the poor white man, for instance, that, uh, hey, the reason why you're poor um, is that, you know, you got these immigrants. They're coming over. They're taking your jobs, you know, or your jobs being shipped out of the country to these other poor people, these people, that, that, you know, uh, you understand? Mm-hmm. And so you should have you should have a problem with that, you know, or um, 
or you better make sure that you don't mix with these particular people. They're going to corrupt the purity of your blood, mm. you see. So those are the type of things that are utilized to, to control people. And um, I think with, when more and more, more and more people realize that, that that fundamentally is what's happening in our world, then I think that it'll be easier for us to uh, work on ways to combat um, um, a lot of this, uh, uh, this injustice that we have. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that's mm. a good note, mm. man, because mm. looking at the East versus the West, the Muslim world versus the Christian world, mm. the Western world, you know, again, like, it's like uh, someone was asked, who was it? A really beautiful anecdote that said, um, who won between Maywe- May- Mayweather and Pacquiao? Mm-hmm. It was Dave Chappelle. He, they yes. asked Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. who won between Mayweather and Pacquiao? He said the promoters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's who won. Right. That's right. That's right. He'll break you off some, and yeah. it might be a big mm-hmm. crumb, but yeah. it's a crumb compared to what they're getting. what they're getting, right. And right. so, mm-hmm. you know, when we allow these divisions, mm-hmm. whether they be religious or mm-hmm. racial or, mm-hmm. or nationality, mm-hmm. to divide us... Mm-hmm. We're playing into the game. And I think the beauty of technology, and technology has a lot of Mm -hmm. ugly sides to it too, but the beauty of it is that we're really becoming a global village. A lot of people coming up, they got friends all over the Mm -hmm. world, they've stepped off a plane on different continents, Mm -hmm. they met people, they broke bread with people, Mm -hmm. and their their neighborhood is filled with people of all different racial Mm -hmm. backgrounds, Mm -hmm. ethnic, class. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to demonize a people once you've humanized them right once you right. see they're human that's right that's right and exactly. so i really feel that mm-hmm. you know hopefully inshallah and you know it's really efforts like the what we're trying to do with this type of these mm-hmm. mediums like the podcast mm-hmm. is just to share the sanity mm-hmm. the right. sane voice because right. you might not hear it on fox news right you exactly. might not hear it but you you <laughs> definitely you know. won't hear it there <laughs> and, uh, but I think people are just and that's why I wanted to have you on as, as a Muslim scholar because I feel like people are Muslim and non-Muslim just craving to hear like a sane mm-hmm. rational uh, voice well, that I'm comes from someone who's yeah. committed to a spiritual yeah. path yeah. You know? I'm glad you considered me to be so a sane rational voice I'm <laughs> <laughs> I mean I have some doubts but <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah thank you inshallah